Welcome back to Court of Femme, the podcast for the femme perspective in North Idaho. This is your host, Melinda, and I'm here with Tiana. Hi, everyone. And we are just going to talk about it today. So today is episode number four of the Four Agreements book review. This has been such a fun journey through a book that Tiana and I both have read multiple times multiple times oh yeah <laughs> quite a few it, i've read it at least five this last in the last like four years yeah. it's just a great refresher it's a great reminder to just live your best life and be the most productive sincere person you can be yeah i mean it's a guide. the purpose of the book is a guide to personal freedom and it's not like you ever arrive right so mm-hmm. you just kind of keep working through things throughout your life and this is a great book for just revisiting yourself and your thinking and your habits. Yeah, it's just a simple mindset check. Yeah. So the first agreement was be impeccable with your word. The second agreement is don't take anything personal. The third agreement was don't make assumptions. And we have now arrived at number four, which is always do your best. So simple. So simple. And sometimes so challenging. (laughs) Like all of the agreements so far that we've talked about, it's just, you know, easier said than done. But that's the point of this chapter is that it's a practice and all it matters is that we do our best. Yeah. And our best is going to look different day to day. And and as long as we're doing our best, we can't judge ourselves and no one can judge us. And if they do, we don't take it personally. So it's okay. Right. Right. And that's what I love about this specific agreement is that This is the one that allows the other three to become deeply ingrained habits. And that is the beginning of this chapter. This is what he says. The fourth agreement is about the action of the first three. So always do your best. Yeah. And the paragraph that really kind of just simplified this whole chapter to me was, it says um, on page 77, if you guys are reading along, it just says right in the middle, Just do your best in any circumstances in your life. It doesn't matter if you are sick or tired. If you always do your best, there is no way you can judge yourself. And if you don't judge yourself, there is no way you are going to suffer from guilt, blame, and self-punishment. That's the real freedom, too, is how we judge ourselves. Because, you know, a lot of times we judge people by how we judge ourselves. That is our filter. That's our projection, you Mm -hmm. know? So if we're not judging ourselves, we're less likely to judge other people. Yeah. I mean, I have to remind myself constantly, like, I, I beat myself up in my head quite a bit. I'm just a very ambitious person, and I'm competitive, especially when it comes to um, my work and the jobs that I'm doing and how I'm taking care of those that are, you know, relying on me. And if I'm not, you know, up to my own standard, I really mm. beat myself up. So I just have to remind myself so many times, like, I am doing my best. I'm just doing my best. Yeah. And when I remind myself of that, the judgment goes away a little bit. Like, Mm -hmm. I can only do so much. I'm only human. So I honor what I'm capable of doing and leave it at that. That's really smart. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel the same, but I am a Capricorn, like tried and true, the goat, you know, like I, my standards are very high and they're high on myself. And so usually Michael is the one to say, babe, you're doing awesome. Just, it's okay. Let let it down a little bit like yeah. relax yeah he's so good about it. like he knows that I have to kind of I operate that way but he also knows that 
there's there needs to be a counter and a balance to it so that I'm not beating myself up all the time. Yeah. Is there anything you do specifically to kind of check yourself, like kind of build yourself back up when you are in those moods? I feel like I have to take time to reflect. If I'm just moving and doing one thing after another and just kind of blazing through each day, each week, I'm not I'm not seeing the fruit of anything that I'm doing. And so I'm always striving for, okay, what's next? What else needs to happen? How, how much better can I make this? But if I take the time to sit and reflect on each day or each week or each experience, then I can look and say, this was really good. This part about it was amazing. What did I learn from that? And I kind of just sit in it for a little bit and let That's myself... Good. Let myself congratulate myself, you know, like sit with myself. Like we have a dialogue back, my left brain and my right brain. They're just like, that was not good. And the other half of my brain says, what do you mean? It was beautiful. Like, (laughs) yeah, I mean, he he even talks about this in the book that self-love is and self-talk is this chapter specifically. He says that doing your best, you're going to live your life intensely. You're going to be productive. You're going to be good to yourself because you will be giving yourself to your family, to your community, to everything. But it's the action that is going to make you feel intensely happy. Intense. And then, yeah, intensely. And the fact that it's it's the action. There's no, it's not the reward of your action. It's not the the outcome and the end. It's the, the process of doing your best that should make you intensely happy. Yeah. That's good. I love that. And, and what, I, I love that you do that. I try. Yeah. And sometimes this is why it's so amazing to have a partner in life that you are, whether it's your best friend or your life partner or your spouse, like whoever it is in your life to have that person who sees you, who sees the whole you and who loves every bit of you because they can help you along this. Totally. You know, well, I, they see a different perspective of you. They have a, yeah. the best understanding of you that another person outside of you could And they help you see things that you couldn't see about yourself, you know? We all have our own perceptions of who we are, but someone you trust, their opinion matters too, and their their guidance and and support. That's so important. We need that. I mean, I think even simply, when we first heard ourselves on this podcast, it was like, is that my voice? (laughs) No, wait, that's not my voice. Yeah, Yeah, it is. Actually, you do sound like that. And then you have to kind of come to terms with that. Or when you see a picture of yourself that's taken from a weird angle. And you're like, someone please tell me that I do not look like this. And your friends are like, boo, you do. And we love you. Like, this is beautiful. And you're just like, okay. Yeah, you need that support. that's that one angle, I guess. Yeah. I I know I look better at different angles, but whatever. Yes, we all have our favorites, right? Our best. It's our best. It's Yeah. And sometimes, <laughs> on some days, our best can only be so much, you know? Like, yeah. if we, he says multiple times, if, do your best even when you're sick and tired, but also mm. honor the human that you are and understand that if you're sick, do your best to get the rest that you need to take care of yourself, to love yourself. Yeah. And he talks about that in this book, which I think is so important to touch base on. Yeah. Because doing your best, it's not just treating yourself and spoiling yourself and buying a bunch of things you don't need. It's taking care of the human that you are, mm. you know? The nurture. Yeah. That's where I think as a nation we could really get better at nurturing ourselves and nurturing each other. Truly. Nurturing is that, to me, it's that motherly leadership. It's not, 
it's not too soft and fluffy where there's no substance to it, but but it holds it's you accountable. Intentional. Yeah, yeah, it's intentional. It holds you accountable. Because they, I mean, all the mother figures in my life, whether it be a friend of mine or, or you or my, my mom, they know what I'm capable of and they know I can do my best and they hold me accountable to that. And mm-hmm. I just, I don't know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be where I am without all those figures in my mm-hmm. life. That nurturing ma- maternal just love is so important. Yes, truly. I feel like this is the first time, the first couple years of my life where I've actually owned that mothering to myself like to be my own mother to say yeah how are you doing about that what do you think about that what do you need from me like but I'm talking to myself yeah no that's powerful it's really cool I I think everybody needs a little taste of that just just it's just nice to know that you've you've got your own back like yeah when you hold your own hand you know oh when I hold my own hand yeah Yeah. sometimes you just gotta do it and you deserve it yeah you deserve that support from yourself always do your best reminded me of this quote by MLK Jr. and he says if a man is called to be a street sweeper he should sweep streets even as Michelangelo painted or Beethoven composed music or Shakespeare wrote poetry He should sweep streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will pause to say, here lived a great street sweeper who did his job well. And that's what I think about when I hear the words, always do your best. Like it doesn't matter what you're doing. There's no hierarchy of the work that you're doing. It's just applying your best to everything that you do and then knowing that that was your best and being okay with it yeah but what I also love is that he talks about um, when you don't judge yourself you can believe that you're doing your best and each day is a new day to try again it's a practice like yoga this all of this is is a practice all of these agreements yeah. it's for us to practice and put into practice in different ways and then to also reflect and look back and say i did that really well or i would like to change that a little bit i don't know how that made me feel i wonder how it made them feel like it's just reflection and recalibrating and shifting mm-hmm. and that's i mean that's the beauty about books like this especially is they kind of just inspire a little bit of growth and and movement in your own personality we're always developing into these new human beings and the way we do things differently and tools like this are just so important for things like that you know to be able to do our best to have those reminders because it is a practice we can't yeah. We can't read these books and all of a sudden be completely applied to them. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's no there's no sense of arrival like, okay, did that one. <laughs> right. It's it's, it's when you're presented with a co- a hard conversation with your partner or your best friend and and you maybe hurt their feelings by something you did and you didn't even realize it. But mm. taking a step back and before getting defensive and offended that that they're mad at you realizing that and being honored that they even trust you enough to come to you and hold you accountable to be the best version of yourself so how in that moment are you going to apply this book and do your best yeah you know right Mm -hmm. being able to hear that from someone that you love or that you know loves you well you can't assume that you know where they're coming from you can't take it personally that they're expressing things to you to be impeccable with your word in your response to that like it's all opportunities everything we do is an exchange you know and that specifically that you just said it's all an opportunity yeah 
to do your best. Yes. Yeah. All of this. This life is an opportunity. Truly. (laughs) This book has been so fun to go through with you. And I just, especially because you and I kind of, our friendship started off of this book. So now we got to do all this together. So I'm really excited about all of it. So at the end of the book, he really talks about um, breaking old agreements. Also, like what are the things that we have spoken against ourselves or cursed ourselves or what curses have we maybe lived with and when we think of a curse it's like oh did someone put a hex on you and read some (laughs) witch's spell i'm gonna die in 23 days right (laughs) but a curse is like it's the negative and the the poison that you speak over yourself and about other people, which is really just yourself, too. <laughs> so, right. So how do we break those? And we just have to keep reflecting and looking back at them and saying, what, what's my obstacle right now? Is it my thoughts? Is it someone else's thoughts? Yeah. Is it things I've heard spoken of me, about me? Like, what, did it, what is it that I need to overcome and break so that I can start again? And yeah. he just keeps talking about that opportunity of starting again each day and that's just so beautiful yeah I think I think a lot of people are intimidated to apply self-help book tools like this because it's huge changes that don't happen overnight so what a beautiful way to put it is I feel like a child could read this book and understand that it's an ongoing process it's something we practice every day it's not going to be great on some days it's in fact it's probably going to be terrible and we're going to (laughs) feel really bad about ourselves it's just touching base with tools like this and remembering that we're not always going to be able to do our best but the next day we can try to do our best it's and that's so important to realize that it's just baby steps you know what take little bites at a time and chew your food and and then take the next bite i remember years ago i had a friend who we recommended this to and she was like i i just can't really the, the little pieces that we read and we're just like oh that's beautiful yeah and someone else reads and it challenges everything that she had built her life upon so that's a huge risk to take yeah this idea for her specifically it was about this idea of heaven and hell it's how it's in your mind it's how you out your outlook on the world. Are you living in hell, your own personal curses on yourself? Or are you living in a state of bliss, which is love and acceptance of yourself and everyone? And, you know, I, I grew up very fundamental religious. And so for someone like that, where, wait a minute, no, heaven is up in heaven and hell is down below where the fire is that people burn in, you know? Like, even to shift that small one sentence was too much. Too much. Yeah. And that was like 10 years ago. Needless to say, she's read it several times since then. She loves it. Like, I think it's just that initial like, wait a minute, this might crumble my whole existence. Yeah. You know, that's that's the fundamentalism that says that's the fixed thinking that doesn't allow you just to consider yeah that's just fear of change or fear of what else and what if that can can crumble and that's scary and intimidating but it's also opening opens the mind opens your heart and there's just so much opportunity and possibility once you start to take those steps yeah slowly but surely and i remember just like letting it go like okay this isn't her time this isn't her season but she's still a person and she's still living in her own life so I support her as a person and that's totally fine. It's okay if you have friends who don't 
want to be challenged the way that you do. Just right. I you can't know. take it personally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because it would be easy to take it personal and be like, well, well, I can't be around you now because you don't think this way. We disagree. Yeah. We can't be friends. It doesn't have to be that way. Right. It's just, just like you said, it's not her season, but maybe her season will come. Maybe it won't. And, and, and it you'll won't. be there for her when it is. And we'll be able to connect on other things. <laughs> exactly. I love that. Because I feel like this is where, even though I don't live fundamentally anymore, I still have these verses that I always remember that are so helpful. And the one that popped up was, let each man live according to his or her own faith. Just let them, let them live but according to their own faith. Truly. And I have mine and you have yours and I'm going to let you, you let me. And let's go have a beer. Yeah. <laughs> like... yeah, that's our job as human beings to allow each other to explore this life that we've been given. That's our that's our job to just love and let live, you know? I will never come to a place of thinking that I have this all figured out. Spirituality, religion, people, humanity, mm-hmm. the human condition. Like I will I can never consider having that level of arrogance, I think, to say this is the truth and this is the only thing. It's impossible, it's impossible to know. And I think that's empowering in itself is being humble enough to say, I just don't know, you know? And that's that's where faith and belief and all that comes into play. But having, having the humility to just say, I don't know. And I'm so excited to explore and find out as right. I go along because I'm, I don't have enough time on this earth to get all the answers. Right. But I'm certainly going to be open-minded to whatever comes my way and whatever is supposed to teach me lessons. And I'm just going to enjoy the ride. Yes. So this is like one of my favorite lines, though. He says, we can reach heaven while we are alive. We don't have to wait until we die. God is always present and the kingdom of heaven is everywhere. But first, we need to have the eyes and ears to see and hear that truth. We need to be free of the parasite. And he refers to the parasite as fear. Anything that hinders us, that draws us back into a state of isolation or quiet or silence or judgment. judgment. So when we face each of our fears one by one, we're killing off the parasite of fear. And then we see beauty and then we see light and love in people and in circumstances and different practices. You're able to just embrace more when the parasite of fear isn't always lurking around everything you see and hear. That's really encouraging. I lo- I love this book. I just yeah. I can't say enough about it. Yeah. And I love that he's still even in that quote he just says one fear at a time day by day. Just baby steps. This isn't this isn't this big change you have to make today and give your life to this practice. It's okay, today today I've had to do this in the last week. Today I'm going to not take anything personally. If someone looks at me sideways, don't take it personally. They're probably dealing with something on their own, mm-hmm. or maybe they didn't even mean to look at me that way. Right. Stop assuming that they did. You know, it's just, and if you focus on one practice, you'll realize that the other three are right in there with it. So just focus on one, one at a time, the one that resonates with you most at this time in your life. At this time in your life and in this day, like that's his whole premise too, is that he's just saying, live in the present. Mm-hmm. <laughs> live in the present you are not somewhere in the future you don't look much better than you do right now like 
this is where you are right here. This person in front of you is your moment. It's your engagement. It's your energy. This is where it is. And if you're pissing it in the past or pissing it to the future, you're wasting it. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> everyone's hoping for a better future or a different past. And you're just right here. You're what I always every time people ask me what time is it, my response is always, <laughs> it's right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's the best. Yeah. It's, it's right now. It's kind of like when I ask Michael a question and he says, Well, that's a very good question. <laughs> I'm like, damn it, no, tell me the answer. <laughs> <laughs> right. I want to know. I actually want to know what time it is. Well, it's right now. Why does it matter? Time time is an illusion. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. So there is this movie. You have to watch it. You'll have to write this down afterwards. It's <laughs> called While We're Young. And it's Ben Stiller. Um, and he is a middle-aged couple. They don't have any kids. They're busy in their career and they want to, um, meet other people. And so they, they meet this young couple, young, singly couple, (laughs) free spirited people. And, um, it's Naomi Watts. And then who's the guy? Who's the guy who's from, uh... (laughs) From Star Wars? Is that one the one? The yes, one he's the guy from Star Wars. What's his name? This oh, Adam Driver. Okay. So okay. it's Adam Driver. Anyways, so Adam Driver is the young couple, and they're just so in the moment. And then this Ben Stiller is the couple who's just like always thinking and planning and mm-hmm. looking ahead and this and yeah. that. Like they're uber organized, probably OCD. And here That's is so funny. Adam Driver is just earthy natural he's right here and so they have these really engaging conversations when they go out to eat or have some drinks and every time they'll say something like oh what was that movie or what was that song or oh hey i read something the other day and if they don't know what it is ben stiller will pick up pick up his phone yeah and adam driver always says no no let's just not know yeah and it's so infuriating to ben stiller (laughs) like he's like what do you mean, let's just not know? He's like, we're in the moment. Let's just in the present. If you don't know yeah. it right now, then just let yourself not know it. And it's just, we I die. I love that. I die watching it because it's just hilarious. The difference between like staying in the moment, but they're both super extreme stereotypes. So Yeah. And <laughs> there's the there's moment. a healthy balance between those two. You know, yes. you can, there's, there's a time and a place to be completely disconnected and phones away and just being happy with not yeah. knowing yeah and there's definitely times where you know the processing and futuristic outlook is necessary yes. but for planning yeah of course. finding the balances <laughs> is the practice yeah. exactly yeah that's hilarious i love it i love it such a good movie while we're young you have to watch it okay i think that kind of wraps up this series doesn't yeah. it yeah what a beautiful journey this has been yeah. oh my gosh the four agreements if you haven't read this book, Melinda and I always mm. have extra copies. Yes. So please reach out to us and mm-hmm. I'm sure mm-hmm. we can get you a copy of this book. Yep. Um, you can DM either of us, DM us. You can, you DM can us even on... find them like, yeah. they're always at thrift stores. It's everywhere. I feel like it's at yeah. every yard sale I've been to. They're just everywhere. And yeah. I love it. It's just like this recycled, repurposed. Yeah. But I, I mean, the even... first time I ever found this book was actually bookishly happy her bookstore was the bookworm before that yeah and it was this 
wonderful, mystical, older man who ran the store. Mm. And the store was chaotic. I could never find anything. But anytime (laughs) I needed a book specifically, I would ask him where it was. And he knew right where it was. He would go right to it, it. hand it to me. And that's how I got my first copy of The Four Agreements was at that bookstore. It was so... I felt like a wizard had just blessed me with knowledge. It was... Totally. (laughs) Perfect. That is the magic of used bookstores. Yes. Like, there's a magic. Whenever we go... Whenever we go. I've been there once. Um, (laughs) I've been... Last time we were at Nelson. Mm -hmm. Okay. The only time I've been at Nelson. (laughs) They have... Nelson, Canada, right? British Columbia, is that yeah. what it is? Yeah. Um, Just a couple hours north of yes, here, right? Yeah. Yes. And oh my gosh, that town, first of all, super eclectic, really cool. But they had a little shop called Pack Rat Annie's, and it was a used bookstore. And I swear, it was magical. I Three l- books love it. that were had been like in the back of my mind for the past five years, all were there. Like Weird. I just saw them, saw them, grabbed them. One of them was someone I was studying in one of my classes. So it was just like, oh my gosh, this, how could this be? They so just perfect. brought themselves to you. They That's did. That's crazy. They did. Oh, uh, bookstores are magical. Used bookstores specifically. Used bookstores. Yes. Because my copy of the four agreements that I have right now, it's from a bookstore. Um, someone laminated it. So <laughs> the cover's been laminated. <laughs> but there is pencil markings throughout it where things are underlined and there's a little message here and there that says bliss mm-hmm. and another one that says bandits. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. I just love it so much. And yeah. even in the margin, he wrote, I'm saying he, but I am free from suffering. That's beautiful. That's some, That's there's so someone's prayers and energy and love in that book. And so good. You just get to soak it up and add to it yourself, you know. Yeah. And whoever the next person is will get to enjoy that as yeah. well. Yeah. So if it's you, if you need to find this book, first of all, just say it out loud that you're looking for this book. And guess what? You'll probably find it at your next trip to the thrift store to yep. a yard sale. Cause or someone will just it, give it to you. Or yeah. someone will give it to you. Yeah. yeah. It's about speaking it and letting it come to you. Yeah. So thank you for joining us for this series. It was a good time. It was a good, thoughtful conversation. I learned a lot. Again, for the hundredth time I've gone through this book, I'm still learning new practices because... Well, just because. Because you're new. Yeah. We're all Every new. day. Yeah. And I'm so excited for our next series. <gasps> oh, should we talk about it? We should definitely <laughs> talk about it. I hope y'all are listening because this is going to be juicy. Ooh, juicy. Should I say it? Yes. We're talking about sex. Sex. <laughs> Do we need to play the George Michael song? Let's talk oh. about sex, baby. baby. No, it's no. TLC. Oh, yeah. Oh, I guess George Michael is I want your sex. <laughs> There's we could play some Marvin Gaye. Natural sex. Is fun. <laughs> sex is best when it's one on one. Yes. I love it. We're just one. gonna serenade you all the sexy yes. songs. No, oh. just kidding. We're gonna talk about lots of really cool things, you guys. Tell them a little bit. You tell them what we called it though. We called it shameless. Shameless. Because sex should be shameless. It should be celebrated. It should yeah. be something that we learn about and speak freely about and explore. It's only one of the greatest gifts to humanity. Truly. Like if you can't see, if you don't see sex as a gift and a treasure and 
I don't even know. An adventure. Like, I, we just can't even be friends. Like, I don't even, yeah. <laughs> we will not have much in common yeah. if we can't talk about sex together. Truly. <laughs> so, yeah, we called it Shameless, the empowerment of sexuality. First of all, we want to talk about tools and toys and safety and physical health. We want it to be informative, but also storytelling, like real. Like, I don't. I don't want to just talk about the tech and the, you know. Yeah, the technicalities and (laughs) this is how we do this. And let me just get my cucumber out and show you how to put this on. But that's not what it's about. It's story time. Like, I, we want to hear the funny, the romantic, the sensual, the adventures, the risk. And the empowering stories. Yeah, the spiritual moments. We want to hear from you is what we're saying, basically. Just give people an opportunity to be able to talk about sex without any shame. And I think that's a treasure in itself, too, to have people in your life that are also free to talk about sex because then you're free to talk about sex with them. I can't imagine not having... Um, one of my best girlfriends at the salon when I was in my 20s, and she was in her 30s, early 40s. She was kind of momish to me, but she was, she called me Carrie Bradshaw, and I called mm. her Samantha. She was my Samantha, you know? I love that. And so she always had these wild adventures, and she'd tell me about them, but then she a- would ask me, and it would be like, I can talk about it? Like, yeah. okay, giggle, giggle, you know? Right. But it was so empowering to be able to talk about it. Yeah. So that's what we want to be for you, listener. We want you to either come and record your story. We want to hear your stories. If you want to talk about it, it's an empowering thing to talk about it. Yeah. So if you want to record it, get in touch with us and we will set you up in the studio so that you can hear your own voice, the yeah. power of your own voice telling your story, your perspective. Yeah. Um, it can be funny. It can be sensual. It can be the most meaningful. It can be heartbreaking. Like, all of it is good. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the whole point of the series is to hear all perspectives and all stories and all lessons learned, whether it, like you said, was heartbreaking or empowering, you know. Yeah. I've, I've learned some incredible lessons from heartbreak. Yes. And incredible lessons from sexual experiences that I've had and that Mm -hmm. have just been outstandingly beautiful and hilarious. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I'm really excited to explore this with all of you. Yes. Yeah. So you can either come to the studio, record it yourself, email us and write it out, or you can come and talk with us about it, or we could interview you and you can be on the show. We just want to hear from you, whether you're gay, straight, if you're friends, if you're lovers, if it was a one night stand, if it was your husband of 40 years, let's talk about it. Let's let everyone hear these amazing stories of this amazing, empowering gift that we are given. Yeah. And let's get more empowered in our sexuality. So excited, everyone. So excited. All right. Well, we will see you next time. Hear you. You'll hear us. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. So I think we have a couple more episodes planned um, to push out before this series called Shameless. But we're excited about it. And I think it'll be fun to pop this in and listen to it while you're having fun this summer and staying safe this summer. Yes. (laughs) Because we will talk about Staying safe and staying adventurous. (laughs) Yes. So that's it. That's it for us, right? I think so. Okay. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.
Welcome to Core de Femme, a podcast for the femme perspective. There's an overwhelming and inundated male perspective that has been dominating global conversations on the human perspective since forever. From business to home life, education to reproduction, it's time to create more space for a femme perspective as we continue to shape the possibilities for a meaningful life. We think about the male perspective as that's who inspired the Bible, pioneered and structured our nation, wrote laws, governed laws, made money and allocated money, head of state and head of house. Even the female reproductive system was identified and named by a man, Gabriele Fallopio, an Italian priest and anatomist. He coined the term fallopian tubes, which are commonly known as uterine tubes and ovarian tubes. But I think that just goes to show, like, as a woman, as a femme, our entire experience is often narrated by the male perspective. And we know that we need more female perspectives. All critical thinking requires every side to give an account because all sides paint a most accurate and complete story. So let's hear from her. Let's give her the mic. Let's give her a platform to tell her experience, her perspective, and in her own words, Welcome to Core de Femme, where her story is the story. 